All right. Do you have any other questions or anything before we get started? I don't think so. The only thing I was worried about, I was getting plugged in and I was like, I should probably ask her about bad words. <laughs> no, you can totally say what <laughs> say. You can say whatever the <laughs> you want to. <laughs> it's definitely a podcast for adults, so... So do you have a glass of wine, by the way? I do. Okay, good. What kind of wine are you drinking? I am drinking a Cote de Rhone. Oh, you sound so fancy. I know. I learned about it at my friend's birthday at Maxi's last year. It's just apparently like a very French red. And I don't know, it's really good. So anytime I can hunt for it and I actually see it, I grab it. Oh, nice. I'm drinking boxed winking owl right now. Yes. (laughs) Right. So welcome to Boobies, Bits, and Booty, an anthology of feminine conversations. With me remotely this evening, thanks so much COVID, is Kate Hodge. She's the founder of the Southeast Wisconsin Girl Gang, and she's an all-around boss. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for chatting with me tonight. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So how would you describe the Southeast Wisconsin girl gang to someone who doesn't know what it is? Well, this description has changed with the new environment. It used to be described as a Tinder or a Bumble for friends, a way to connect a network of women, uh, women supporting women. And basically, if you are really interested in going to try something that maybe people in your circle don't, there's this network where you can go, hey, does anybody want to come take a yoga class with me? Or I just read this really cool book and I want to talk about it, but all the people in my life are dudes. So I used to describe it as like a Tinder or Bumble for friends, a way to disconnect, meet new people, get out and do things. And now that we can't get out and do things, it's become very much a social network and a social support. So this has been really apparent with COVID and a lot of people who are really extroverted and having to learn how to interact without getting to go out and meet people and talk to people. It's also helped really connect some of the introverted people as well who may not have come to an event or maybe they read the book club book, but they just couldn't make it because of work or they didn't really want to go around people they weren't quite sure about or didn't know We've now gotten a chance to interact more on social network, and that has kind of helped broaden the group. The Southeast Wisconsin Girl Gang is a Facebook group. Does it operate on any other social media platforms? We have an Instagram that used to be uh, much more active because we had some girls who decided Facebook wasn't for them anymore, but still wanted to be connected. Initially, in February 2019, when I originally got the idea to I did build a website with kind of the idea that this would be a network and we would put blogs up with recaps of things we did. We would have guest writers, maybe get some t-shirts and just take over the world. And ever since then, the interaction has just happened so naturally in the Facebook group that the website is still there, but it's pretty much just me talking to the interwebs 
I got down without really anybody else. <laughs> That's funny. But I bet what you have to say to the interwebs is so beautiful. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> some of it was. <laughs> so tell me about your inspiration for this. Was this an idea that struck you because of a specific like event or moment? Have you, did you think about this for a long time before you started the group? This was, I feel like something that's kind of ruminating in everyone's head and it just, everything kind of aligned one day and struck me and I was like, I'm just going to do this. And I'm going to invite a couple of my friends and maybe they'll feel bad and join and think like, Oh yeah, she just went through a breakup. She's been having a really hard time, but like, look at how good she's doing. There's gotta be something there. So it was kind of a string of about six months prior to starting it, I went through a really bad breakup. And it was just one of those, I hated the job that I was in. This relationship that I thought was finally the one I'd waited for sucked and didn't work out. And I kind of looked around and realized I have very different groups of friends and I really connect with each group, but they don't know each other and they would really like each other. There just wasn't a way to connect people. So teach pole dancing classes at Miss Pole. There's a really cool community there. I keep in touch with some people that I used to work with when I worked in corporate retail. Some of them have branched out to different endeavors, whether it's retail or some have even gone to fitness. And then just my general circle of friends who I've known forever, reconnected with some people who I haven't talked to since like high school. And it was kind of one of those like niceties. And then you just kind of start going down the list And as I was inviting people with the intention of, I think I'm just going to start a group, we'll call it a book club and then see if people are even into it and then we can make it bigger. And the more I started inviting people, the more I was like, oh shit, she would really like her and she would really like her. So then I started talking about it with people and they're like, well, yeah, I know a ton of people who would really hit it off. Or I have a friend who just moved here and she doesn't know anybody and she doesn't know how to meet people. So this would be a really good way to kind of bring her into a tribe. And it all just kind of spiraled from there. So in my self-loathing that came into survival mode, and then I'm going to do something to make a change. And I want to meet new people. I want to connect the people who I do know. And at the time, most of the friends that I saw, a majority of the time were married with kids. I am not married with kids. I am single with cats. So at that point in time, I was like, well, who do I call if I want to go to cat yoga and get day drunk on a Sunday? I only had one person who fit that bill. What if there's other people who want to do that? Or the weather's really nice out. I want to go hiking. But this other friend who might be my go-to hates nature. There's got to be somebody else out there who likes hiking and wants to go explore with me. So that's how the whole idea kind of spiraled. So long story long, breakup. Lots of groups of friends who were not in any way interconnected opportunities. Nice. So just to be clear, you don't know everybody in the group anymore, right? Because it's over 600 women strong now, isn't it? It is, which is just wild. Yeah, that's so awesome. But you don't know everybody now, right? I don't. I have met a lot of new people from the group, which is cool. I thought for a while that it might be 
just a friend brings a friend, but we've had a couple events, particularly now with COVID, we did a couple outdoor just like, hey, let's all go meet and go for a hike. Or why don't we all go kayak? And there were some people who came and they're like, I don't know. My friend added me to this Facebook group. I don't know what she's doing, but this sounded really cool. So here I am. Oh, wow. So people who don't even think they'll know anybody at meetups are showing up. They are. It's been pretty cool. That is really cool. I think that's really hard to do is get people out of their house to do something unfamiliar. That's amazing that you've achieved that. So do you think that you have any skills or have you developed any skills over this process that have like lent themselves to this tremendous growth that you've seen with this group? I think the biggest thing is that I have always been, I call myself an introverted extrovert. I am quite shy at first if it's a situation that I don't know, but in certain scenarios, I just love to talk. I just don't shut up. I'm so curious. I love meeting new people. So this was kind of a way to... I essentially created kind of like my own safe space where I was tied to the creation of Southeast Girl Gang. And these people are coming in and, oh, this is such a great thing. This is such a cool idea. And that allowed me to be like, oh, okay, maybe they'll like me. Okay, I can talk. And now I'm going to talk. So it kind of helped me get past some social anxieties that I think I had of meeting new people. It's a lot easier to strike up a conversation with someone new when you have something cool to talk about. Like I just read this new book for my book club that I'm in with a bunch of really cool women. And you remind me of XYZ character or who knows, the situations are endless. I've... I did a river cleanup last April and picked up one of our members at the bar because we were just chatting after the river cleanup and she seemed super cool. And I was like, hey, you should join this girl group. Turns out she works with one of the moderators. So she knew about it. So it's just all these little scenarios where you just kind of start talking to people in a situation where maybe I would have just kind of stayed by myself. So it's really helped me open up and kind of step out of my shell and stop thinking that I'm being judged and also stop judging others and just really get to know people and talk. That just sounds like an incredible ride. (laughs) When you think about how the goals of the Girl Gang have changed, because as you mentioned before, it was just kind of like, you know, this space, maybe this book club type thing, but it's grown into something so much more. So as the goals of the Girl Gang have changed, where do you see it going from where it is now? I think my hope would be that it stays a community and the community just keeps growing. Originally, the goal was to be a book club and maybe we would do a couple charity events, maybe a couple meetups, and then really just kind of serve as a catalyst for different connections. So my goal was that eventually the group would run itself and it would not be my group. It would be everyone's group. So everyone would be using the group for, hey, I want to go do this thing. Hey, I have a question about this. Hey, I'm kind of having a bad day. Does anyone have any advice or can you just send me a picture of your dog? And I think we've achieved that. So the go forward goal, what's been really hard this year with COVID and not being able to do stuff is last year, it kind of evolved sort of into a give back group 
we did end up doing quite a few gatherings where it was donation-based. So for example, one of the things we did was a class at the barcode in Brookfield. And it was $20 to take the class, which is right about in line with the cost of a class regularly. But it was all 100% of the proceeds were able to be donated to the Women's Center. And so we sold out the class. There's a $500 donation to the Women's Center. And we all got our asses kicked. And then we went out to brunch after. So it turned into, there was the opportunity to give back. We did like a fuzzy sock drive for Fresh Start Learning, which does purses with purpose. And they do a lot for human trafficking victims, just homelessness in general, particularly women-based. So we tried to kind of put it out there and say, what's a cause that you're really passionate about? And does anybody have an idea for an event that might be fun to raise money for them? We had t-shirts made. And part of the proceeds of the t-shirts, because we got such a dirt cheap price for them, we donated to Hope House. So it's been a little bit hard with COVID and everybody's tightening up and a lot of worry and a lot of anxiety, but still that desire to give back. It's been hard not to be able to do more events like that. So I think my goal going forward would be to get back into that and be able to help again. Right, right, for sure. So you clearly understand the importance of community, just the direction that the girl gang has gone in, which you can see on the page. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever taken the time. I'm sh- I mean, I'm sure you have, but like to kind of scroll back through the page and like the questions that have been posed by certain members and the discussions that have been sparked in comment sections, like you like hit a need that women had on social media. What do you think that community means for women as a whole? And why do you think it's so important to us and for us to thrive in this way? I think community is really important, especially now, just with everything going on in the world and all the attention, there's so many people who are still trying to hold women back. And there's so many of us who are against each other. And I was part of a couple other, I should say, I'm still part of some other communities online. And one thing that I noticed is in every community, there's kind of a trickle in of some other sort of motive or intention. And so the goal with Girl Gang was to create just a really pure space that was just support. There's no self-promotion. We just have one pin post at the very top where if you have any sort of side hustle, home business, you're an entrepreneur, Put all your links there. It serves as a directory, so it's easy to find. But it also takes out that spam and that feeling of, is this person just being nice to me because they want something from me? Or are they being nice because they genuinely have the same interest or the same concern? So the goal was to create a community where it's safe. And I think that's what everybody needs. Everybody needs that safe space to go to, where if they have a question that maybe they feel silly asking, or maybe they're embarrassed to ask. I mean, I threw one out there a while ago and I was just like, all right, the bags under my eyes are carrying bags. I need something for it. Tell me your beauty secrets. Like that's one of my insecurities is a skincare routine, under eyes. Like, what do you do for that? We had another girl throw out a question about sex toys and she was like, Hey, let's talk about this. So it's everything from, I just have this little thing that I need a very easy answer for, but I'm scared to ask it 
publicly, or maybe it's, I have this question that I'm nervous to ask. I'm worried that I'm going to be judged for asking it. And I need a safe space to ask it where I'm not judged. Sure. So you mentioned that there are still people out there who are trying to hold women back. And I 100% agree. I don't think there's any woman on earth, or at least in this country, who wouldn't deep down agree that in a lot of ways we're still being held back. Do you think women really can be held back in the long term? Or do you think that we're an unstoppable force? I think I know the answer. (laughs) I think we're unstoppable. Especially, especially when we're rolling deep in a gang. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. How do you see groups like the girl gang as being functional in women kind of taking back their power in society? I think one thing I've really seen, and this goes all the way back to the very first book club we had, I'll never forget it. It was at this little coffee shop in Waukesha. We had just read Girl, Wash Your Face. And this was the very first girl gang book club. I was so nervous because I've never facilitated a book club. I also prefaced everything by saying, you actually don't even have to read the book. Like just come talk. So I tried to ask questions or leading questions that would inspire real life conversations. And the conversations that we had that night, we were laughing, we were crying. There were people who had never met each other who just totally got it. And something opened up that night, just the ability for people to connect and share an experience. And in some cases, share how they overcame an experience was just, you could just see people light up in the room. And I have seen, and some of the members who I've known for a really long time, and some of the members who I've seen come in new, and then just kind of the, as the discussions evolve, like you can see people taking their power back the more they realize that it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to have these conversations and yeah, you can stand up for yourself like that, or you can, you do deserve better than that. You can ask for better than that. And people are starting to really step into their power. Maybe it's because they know they have a gang behind them. Maybe it's just because they're kind of evolving as we learn, but I like to think it's partially due to the gang. I feel, truly, I feel like people should be shaking in their boots thinking about these groups of women just like getting together and holding each other up because we can do so much when we're together and so many surprising things when we work together. Is there anything that surprised you in particular about the group or things that have happened, things that have been said? I think the thing that was the most surprising to me, once I got over the initial shock of the number of people who joined and then invited other people to join, I literally thought this was going to be my close friends just kind of, yeah, it's a good idea. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt and play along for a while. But it just, it really took off. So that was one big surprise. And one of the things that I was very conscious of going into it Again, not wanting to have it be a space where it's just all these things thrown at you, wanting to really keep it a safe space. One of the things that really surprised me was we never set rules. We never said, yes, you can say this. No, don't say this. I didn't have to have any sort of disclaimer that said, don't be a dick. Be nice to people in the group. Come without judgment. 
this is a safe space. We didn't have to have any sort of disclaimer like that. It was just kind of like the people who joined and who came in just naturally followed that intention of this is a safe space. We're here to lift each other up. We're here to support. And I think that was so surprising to me just because I've seen the ugliness online. I've seen people go against each other. I mean, we all have this year for sure. And even in some other groups that I'm in, there's one person says the wrong thing. And all of a sudden there's all these people jumping into this debate. There are no debates. There's no nastiness. If people disagree, they do so almost nauseatingly polite. And you just read it and you're like, damn, these are like good humans. And I guess maybe there's a cynicism in me that was a little nervous going into it as the group creator because I didn't want to turn into the group police. I really wanted this group to just run itself. I was hoping the group would just run itself. I don't have time to read through everything. I do because I'm really interested and I love it. But I didn't want that to be, I didn't want to have to police or babysit and I didn't have to. Why do you think that is? Do you think that the people who invited other people naturally picked the right fit for the group? Or do you think the group kind of creates its own atmosphere just based on who's already there? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's the intention and the community that really built the base and the fact that the numbers grew really from that six degrees of separation. Like I know someone, you know someone, they know each other. Someone I know knows someone they know and everybody sort of becomes interconnected. So I think it really did. It came down to, we went into it with a pure intention, built a good base, but the people who are really driving the group are good people and they surround themselves with other good people who they invite in. And then it's just kind of that snowball effect. So I don't know if it's necessarily solely attributed to that. I can say if I was someone who was coming in maybe with ill intention and I were to look at the group, I would be scared. I would be scared to be mean. Not because I think there's any part of the group that seems aggressive or seems like we would all rally against one person, but I wouldn't reading everything. I wouldn't want to be the only one to be negative. For sure. I think the times when I have seen women maybe be like, I can't, I hate the word catty. Maybe snarky is the word I'm looking for. The times when I have seen like a snarky comment, the other women in the group are really quick to check that person. And I feel like usually there's a good outcome. How do you deal when there aren't good outcomes to comments or things? Because not every situation is perfect, I'm sure. We've had a couple of situations that, and again, this has been, we're almost two years old and I could probably count on one hand the number of times we've had to do anything, but it's never been like a direct attack or something nasty or name calling. It's really, I've tried to come at it with compassion and privately message both of the people involved Mm -hmm. in both instances. I tried to come at it with compassion and say, I do see where you're coming from. Here's the other perspective that's been presented. I believe 
this was what was meant. I believe that was what was meant. I'm not trying to mince words or, you know, paraphrase someone else's intention if they were going a totally different route. But here's the way I read it. Is that something maybe we can think about, talk about, really just kind of taking on more of a mediator mode rather than being like, yo, you can't say that. Again, even if there are maybe a couple dissents or there's a little bit of discord along the way, we still want it to be a safe space. We want you to be able to ask the question or say the thing. And I think as long as you do that, remembering that there's a human on the other side of it, the outcome always ends up okay. And it doesn't have to be policed or denied. Really the biggest things that we've ever had to strike from the page is if we've got a girl who wants to post something about like slandering a Tinder date and there's a picture and like, Hey, you can't do that. That's taxing. That's it. Funny story though. Thanks for sharing, but we have to take it. down. So for the most part, any differing opinions generally seem to work themselves out in conversation because the people there are both there for the same reason. They're there for that community. And you have over 600 girls on a Facebook page. There's going to be some people who don't agree on everything. For sure. But it just sounds so starkly different from communities like Reddit. And I don't think anybody uses 4chan anymore, but what a toxic little community that was too. I just feel like you've stumbled upon this like gold mine of an online community. And I shouldn't say stumbled upon because you did work at this. This is like, this sounds like such a passion project for you. How do you deal with you know, or do you ever feel any pressure to keep the energy up or have things kind of gone in a direction where you can kind of let it go on its own? I feel like I can kind of let it go on its own, but I do keep an eye on it. And when I see things kind of quieting down, the little person in my heart is like, oh, maybe somebody's not okay. And that's why they're not talking. And so then it just blows up and it turns into like, all right, let's just post something to get people talking. And then usually from there, it snowballs. I don't feel it as a pressure in terms of, I think, the way other people view business on social media, where you want to follow the algorithm and you want to post at a certain time. This has no income. The only exchange of money is between us and donations. So it's really just here for the group. So it's more of if the group's being quiet, now I'm worried about what's going on with the group. Like, is everybody okay? Is there something we need to talk about? Is it just everybody's really busy? And maybe we need to call that out and be like, hey girl, me too. Like, I am fucking tired. Is anybody else sick of this? Pick your squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) So when you think about the last, man, almost two years now, right, of Girl Gang. What are some standout moments for you? What are some of your favorite memories? Definitely the first book club. That was, I think, the moment where I kind of realized, oh, I I did something. Because again, I, I went into it just thinking like, this would be cool. This would be a way to like connect some people. Maybe we'll read a book. Maybe we'll learn something from it, but at least start to build a network and maybe figure out a way to connect someone who wants to go hiking with someone else who wants to go hiking or somebody who wants to go drink rosé all day with somebody else who wants to go do that. And then 
that book club got so deep and the way that people just connected instantly once they had the environment to do so, that was for sure my favorite moment. Cause I was like, okay, we can, we can do this. This can be a thing. I would say probably my second favorite moment was this summer we went kayaking because that was something that we deemed socially distant appropriate. And it was outdoors, you were masked. And so we just put out a post and we were like, hey, let's all, if you want to go kayaking, it's a couple months in advance. Here's the day to book it. It wasn't terribly expensive. We got a really good deal and we got to be out on the water for like four hours. And it was just so fun. There was, everyone was just kind of cruising along. Some people would kind of stop paddling. One person flipped in and it was just really fun and carefree. And it was such a nice escape from everything that's been going on this year. And it really felt like we were in another place because it was just a small group of us out on the river paddling. We stopped at Lakefront Brewery and sat super spread out on their picnic tables and had appetizers and then realized, oh shit, we have to have the kayaks back in like 45 minutes. So then we paddled like hell to get them back. And it was just such a fun moment. It was such a cool escape. And then I would say my third favorite um, was probably one of our moderators is a personal trainer at the WAC. And she organized a boot camp and brunch for us. So for those who wanted to come do the workout, we met at McKinley Marina, maybe. I'm going to get this wrong. We met somewhere on the lakefront. We did a quick workout, which didn't feel quick. Felt like an ass kicking, but I felt so good after. And then we all went to brunch. And it was just a really nice time sitting around most of the people I didn't know. There were a couple people who um, came just because it was a Zoe workout. And Zoe workouts are really challenging. And then they're over. (laughs) And then everybody (laughs) went to brunch and got to meet new people. And it was just a really cool summer day. So I think just the variety of everything, that's how I would sum up my favorites. It's all of it. There's super fun memories from just about everything we've done. I cannot imagine a workout kicking your ass, Kate. <laughs> like to me, like you're like the peak of athleticism. I just can't imagine that. <laughs> Girl, she had us doing burpees on the beach. Oh my God, what? <laughs> <laughs> and we were we were kind of by the art museum and there's all those There's like the stairs and the bridge that goes across Lake Park Drive. And so we had to run up the stairs and then skip across the bridge and run across. I don't do cardio. Like if something's chasing me, I'm going to die. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fun. And it was, we were all in the same boat. And Zoe, she was the first person that I asked to help me moderate. I knew her from my time when I worked in corporate retail. She was actually an intern when I very first started. And she left a life of retail to take on fitness and she runs a blog and just has, she's very cognizant of here, I'm giving you wellness in terms of a workout, but I'm also going to give you recipes and let's talk about mental health as well. And she's really good about keeping everybody accountable to check in and just say like, take care of yourself too. Like it's okay to have an off day. And so she was one of the people who was at the first book club and just the way that she kind of helped facilitate conversations was one of those moments where you just look at someone and you're like, you, (laughs) you are going to help me. (laughs) So 
This raises the question, at what point did you realize that you needed a moderator? Right. I think right away. I think right away I knew I didn't want to do it by myself. And I mean, originally the goal was that I would, I would invite these people, but I knew a lot of the people who I was inviting were also very, they took initiative, they're go-getters. A lot of them are organizers. They love to plan things. So I was hoping that one of them would just kind of jump in and be like, Hey, we're going to go do this. Hey, we're going to go do that. And at first that's what happened. But then it got so big that we were like, okay, we need to have like an actual plan and some help and at least some eyes other than my own on this. Because I also, around the time that Girl Gang really started taking off, I started a new career because again, this all started because I hated the job I was in, hated the relationship I was in and was ready to make a change. And I made that change. It just didn't all line up timing-wise in terms of responsibility. And it ended up being a lot on my plate because there was so much that I wanted to do, but I just didn't have the time to do everything and learn a new job and still take care of what I was doing at the time, my responsibilities. It all started with that book club and I asked Zoe to help. And then there was another friend of mine who started rattling off all of these ideas. And she was like, well, we should do like a girls night out. And what if we did this event? Or what if we did like a meet and greet happy hour? And what if we plan this and this? And I was like, that sounds really cool. And it also sounds really stressful to me because I'm the type of person where if I don't know the entire plan, I get really nervous and really anxious. So I generally don't like to plan things. I like to just show up for them. She really likes to plan things. So I was like, all right, you're the girl gang event planner. And she has been ever since. And she organizes all sorts of fun stuff and it's great. So it kind of just naturally evolved as the group grew and as people kind of identified themselves as standouts or I don't want to say standouts because that sounds like it's an audition and we're picking, but just the people who are generally planning things or asking the questions and starting the conversations and taking the initiative in general when it was first started, those are the people that I would like, okay, help me, please. So I've noticed on the group that regardless of how active a person is in like the in-person meetups and the book club and things like that, the online participation is just bonkers. And you can see all sorts of women opening up and sharing very intimate details of their personal lives. What kind of impact do you think that Girl Gang has had on all of these women that's just making them feel so ready to share sometimes what seems like secrets with, you know, 600 plus of us? I think the biggest thing is that we've done a really good job of creating a safe space. You have to be invited to the group by another member the group is private, so you can't search it. It's not one of those things where you can type in a topic and it would come up in any random search. It's completely private. It's completely closed. I don't want to say you've got to know somebody to know somebody because we're very open. And we've had a couple of people from Instagram who have found it and been like, hey, I'm interested in this. And I'll just shoot them a message and be like, sure, here's my Facebook. Just 
add me. If you want to delete me right after I add you to the group, that's okay. But that's how we get you in and make sure you're okay. We do keep an eye on things, but like I said, we haven't had to really monitor or police anything. So I think because it's just a safe space and we do have so many different characters and I'm going to call them characters because it's fun. Like we have people who will post just totally off the wall, hilarious little participation challenges. Like let's have a dance off in gift form or which of these nine cats identifies with your feelings for today. And everybody just jumps on that because it's fun. But then there's people who also recognize the participation and see like, I have a question that I'm not comfortable asking people around me. And this feels like a place I can do it because I know I'll get an answer for it in some way, shape or form. And I also know that nobody's going to jump down my throat for asking it like they might if I did in a different forum. So I think the safe environment, what it's done for everybody is given them just that, a safe space to ask what you need to, to talk about what you want to. And I think that's really helped open people up because it's shown them that it's okay to have these conversations. I go back to the sex toy post. We posted something about that and there were all sorts of people asking questions, sending private messages, and just saying like, I have always wanted to talk about that with someone. And I... I feel like it's so taboo and that's not something you can talk about. And as women, there shouldn't be items like that when it relates to us. There was a post about feminine care and what are your preferences of a cup or the new underwear that came out. And there was a full-blown conversation, which if you were sitting across the table from a friend, maybe you wouldn't bring it up because you would worry about someone overhearing. Like this is such a safe space. No one is going to repeat anything. No one's going to share it outside the group. No one's going to see it outside the group. So talk about it. Open up. Let it out. How do you cultivate such a perfect atmosphere for that kind of discussion? I know you said that there are no rules, but it seems crazy to me that this just sort of magically happened. Do you have any tips or anything for anyone who's trying to get, you know, the people in their lives to open up a little bit more? Ooh, yes. I think first and foremost, make sure that you are always presenting from a place of safety. I try really hard anytime I post anything or anytime I respond to anything, I try to be really mindful and look at it and say, if I was someone other than myself reading this, would I feel judged, attacked at all, isolated or ostracized in any way? Is there anything off-putting about what I'm saying? Is there anything off-putting about what I'm asking? And if so, if the intention is to make someone uncomfortable, what is the result? Like, what are we looking for at the end? So one of the things that we talked about not too long ago was, what's the meanest thing somebody said to you? And that's a really uncomfortable thing to ask. But we started to see as people answered that, there's a lot of similarities. And a lot of us find harm in the same things. And it was the intention was for it to be relieving. Like you're going to dump it here. All of these people are going to come in and say, no, they're wrong. Or look how much better off you are. But it's also a safe space to release. So if there is something that you have to get off your chest and you have to be like, man, I just have to tell somebody this and just have it out of me and released, there's the opportunity for that. But that could have gone 
way sideways had it just been, what's the meanest thing somebody ever said to you? The very anxious person in me would wonder like, are you, are you trying to collect things to hurt me later? Why do you want to know that? I don't want to dig that up. I don't want to talk about those things. So I think, again, long story long, I think the best piece of advice I have is make sure that you're coming from a place of pure intention. If you are trying to get a group together like this because you just want to be the ringleader and you just want the attention, there's other ways to do that. But if you really want to create a safe space for people, make sure it's just that. Make it safe, make it supportive, lift each other up, look for ways other than physical, other than societal or anything that you have, look for ways to lift people up and just make them feel safe and secure to be part of your community and then let them build the rest of the community. So I think if anyone were to come to me and say, I was in Girl Gang in Milwaukee, I'm moving to Seattle, I want to do it there, what do I do? That's the advice I would give them. Make sure your intention is pure. Create a small community that is a safe community. Ask them to invite people in their life who they think would fit or contribute or at least not totally destroy your community and then just let it grow from there and let them know that it's okay to grow. It doesn't have to be this super secret inclusive space. It can be something you can invite whoever you want into this. And if they fit, awesome. If they end up being somebody that we have to look at and be like, ooh, no, you can't talk to people that way. Most people like that will see themselves out before we even notice it. For sure. That's amazing advice, honestly, for anybody who's trying to do this either via Facebook or just with their own social circle. But what about like logistical or pragmatic advice? You mentioned if someone from Girl Gang was moving, you would give them the advice about how to create the space. But what about logistically? Did you do any kind of promotion for the group? Did it all grow truly organically just through word of mouth? It did. I I thought as someone who has a business degree and a career in marketing, And in kind of my downtime before the career I'm in now, I was doing a lot of social media marketing for my sister, who is a doctor and had just published a book at the time. And so from that mindset, I was like, all right, I got to get post boosted. I need to build a website. I have to have a mission statement. I have to make sure that I have all this information out there so that people see this is not just the Kate show. This is legit. So I spent all this time building this website, which did serve a purpose when we were initially doing business outreach for negotiations for charity events. But in terms of just growing the group, I really just leveraged my personal connections. I definitely talked it up in the poll classes I teach. I definitely talked it up with you know, you have that group of friends that you always talk about like, oh, we should get together. And then you never do. So I kind of floated it to those people like, hey, at least we can keep in touch this way. And if we're both at the same event, then we finally did what we said we were going to do. So I did no promotion. I originally had this idea that we were going to print little girl gang business cards with a link to the website and like a referred by. So if someone was out talking with someone else, they could be like, hey, I have this group you'd be really interested in. Here's my name on Facebook. They would write it in the card, hand it to the person. The person would add them. They would be added to the group and so on and so forth. 
And it ended up as being something we didn't need. We just grew it naturally. We had some meet and greet mixers and some just general. Uh, we did the first book club. We had outdoor events, hikes, picnics, just random things. And it was a friend brought a friend. Then that friend really liked it. So they brought a friend while the other friend couldn't make it. And it just grew naturally. So there was no need for promotion. There were a ton of ideas for promotion, but none of them really came to fruition because it just kind of snowballed as it was. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about the Southeast Wisconsin Girl Gang, Kate. This has been such a fun hour learning about this process and learning more about the group that I'm a part of. But from kind of the other side, because as a participant, like, let me just say, let me just give you like this huge compliment here. This is both the least obnoxious Facebook group that I'm in. And I would say it's the most fruitful Facebook group that I'm in. Because all of the posts I feel like are so relevant, whether they're from moderators or just from you know, the group members. And all of the updates that you give, even... Like I, I tend to not go to in-person things because I'm, I'm an extroverted introvert. I'm all over the place until I don't know what's going on. And then I have to hide in my bedroom, but seeing the way the group has grown in person almost connects me more to the online group because I know there are real people on the other end. So thank you so much, both for being on Boobies, Bits and Booty tonight, but for putting together this amazing group for the ladies of Southeastern Wisconsin. Thank you for being part of it. You were one of my first invites. Oh, I know. I remember it was so little. I was like, oh, this is cute. I bet it's going to be a lot of pole girls. And then all of a sudden it was like, holy crap, like half of Milwaukee's in this group now. This is Boobies, Bits, and Booty, an anthology of feminine conversations. Follow me on Twitter at BBBpodcast905, on Instagram at Boobies, Bits, and Booty, and like me on Facebook, Boobies, Bits, and Booty. And don't forget to request your platform at boobiesbitsandbooty.com. 